And that one in your brain has a perception of like, well, what are the two sides, right? And then it implies that like, if you don't have an equal amount of each of them, that now you're not living in, in the right. Does that make sense? Yes. So here's what I want. My proposal that we're going to talk about is I actually believe word and spirit are one and the same. Assuming our word, and so as I was studying this, I was praying the Lord about Jeremiah 23. 
and Jeremiah 23, uh, verses, let's do verse 9, let's do that verse 9. It says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Yeah. And so leading up to that, he's actually talking about false prophets coming in and saying that they're from the Lord, but they're really not. And they're prophesying their opinions, and they're giving out dreams that aren't even from the Lord. They say that people are being deceived because they don't know God's word. Mm -hmm. And so they're just going along with whatever comes because it sounds nice. And so what they always say, always continue to say, is that even when they cry or anyone who's up here talking about scripture or preaching something, is that you will you need to take what they say, you need to go to your word, you need to find out that what we're saying is actually good. Yeah. Don't just take our word for it. It has to be scripture. It's the foundation of our entire faith. Is whether or not it's truth, it lines up with scripture, or not, whether it be your favorite preacher, your favorite evangelist, your, your best friend, your mom, or your dad. You need to take what they say and you need to dissect it by the scripture and see if it aligns with scripture. Because if it doesn't, it's not something that you want to hold on to. Yeah. You throw it out. It has to be scripture. And so the word describes the word as three things specifically is a fire, a hammer, and a sword. So Hebrews 4. So write this down. She has to write this down. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. You're right about yeah. 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 That's good. Hebrews 4, uh, verses 12. It says, For the word of God is, is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword that penetrates even to divine soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts of the attitudes of the heart. Ephesians 4 talks about the armor of God, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Yeah. It's, our, it's our only offensive weapon towards the enemy. And here's the reality of it, is if we don't know our word, then our only offensive weapon is we actually don't have one. So we're always on the defense, getting hit by the enemy, resisting, 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 but never actually taking the word. When Jesus was led into the wilderness, and the enemy came to tempt him. How did he respond to the devil three times? It is written. It is written. It is written. He used the word to fight against the enemy and to resist the enemy. So I had this dream one time. I was on this battlefield, and I could hear this massive army coming towards me. And I was getting nervous. And as they began to get closer, I realized that these men were only wearing helmets. Not to be graphic, but that was the only thing they were wearing. It's helmets. And I thought to myself, these guys are not smart at all. And I mean, the word, it says the helmet of salvation. I believe every believer, most believers, we wear that helmet of salvation. That's it. Is that we, we want salvation. We understand salvation. We're saved. We're saved. We're going to heaven. But we actually don't have anything else equipped to us. And then we're running around completely vulnerable and open to the enemy yeah. because we have not properly equipped ourselves. So the word is important. It describes it as a hammer, a fire, and a sword. And so if we are not allowing the word like a hammer to break off the hard things in our lives, yeah. if we're not allowing the word like a fire to burn away impurities and purify us, and if we're not allowing the sword, the, the word to be a sword, 
that pierces down to the soul and the spirit. He talks about piercing down and cutting away even the intent of our heart, our intentions, our motives. And so we have to hunger for this word because if you desire to mature, how many of you desire to mature as a believer? Raise your hand. If you desire, you want to be a better believer, you want to be more Christ-like. Okay. Then this, this right here is your key to doing so. It's allowing this to consume it and allowing it to break you, to burn you, and to cut you. And to make you more Christ-like. So, there's a lot of deception in the body of Christ because we don't know our word and we've allowed things to come into the church to speak to us and we have received things that are not fully biblical. And we're soft sometimes they're just half-truths. So we need to understand because you will be sitting there one day if you know this word and you'll be hearing someone talk and you'll automatically get the Holy Spirit will rise up and say that something's not right about that. Yeah. Something's off on that. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to research. I'm going to study out my word more. But something's not right. We have to know the word in order to understand and identify any deception that comes into the church. And if we desire to be a mature believer in the image of Christ, this is our key. That's right. And Jerusalem, okay? Then the heart of 
he said to the people, You have not up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold, your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. This, then this thing became a sin for the people, went as far as Dan to be before one. Because they also made temples in high places. And this is where, when you don't want to read the Bible, the theology comes out. And you know what's crazy about this? You want to know where Bethel is? It's on the road to Jerusalem. What was in Jerusalem? The presence of the Lord. Yeah. On the road to God's presence, where did he put idols? On the road to the presence. He knew if I can set up idols, if I can deceive before they get, I'm not going away from where the presence is. I'm going to hit them on the road to the presence of God. You know what that means? That so much idolatry and deception is found on the road to true worship. Let's say that again. If we want to be people of God's presence, if we want the presence of the Lord, you know what the road to God's presence is littered with? Idolatry and deception. How do you combat this? The word this guy. <laughs> right? You better believe, if the Lord starts pouring out, I actually would be, I would argue that if we're not seeing um, messes to clean up, the Lord's probably not moving. Yeah. And some people are really afraid of messes. There's actually a guy named Charles Finney who saw loads of revival. And he actually used to say, um, where there is no mess, there is no life. Yeah. Meaning, I've got, a, I've got too many kids. I'm not one of And when they were babies, you know what you have to do? They just change their diaper. Yeah. They make messes. You want to know why they make messes? Because there's life there. Amen. You want to know why there's nothing to clean up? When there is no life. Yeah. So, there's life, and sometimes there's messes to clean up, but the key is, when we start getting the presence of the Lord outpouring, and things are happening, you know what he's going to try to do? He's going to say, hey, man, why don't you chase that? You know that, you know that stuff that's going on over there? It's all hyped up. You don't really need the word, you know? Like, don't get me wrong. Hype is great. I love when the Lord pours out. My emotion gets, gets going. But he's going to start saying, go to, those, go to those things that, you know, you just need another fix. You know the fix. Hey, I'm going to attack your marriage. You know what I'm going to I'm going to try to slip in and create division within your marriage. I'm going to try to deceive you to think, you know what? That guy over there, he's just, he's in the wrong. My wife, he's in the wrong. She's in the wrong. Wow. I'm going to attack marriages. I'm going to attack friendships. I'm going to attack unity. I'm going to attack biblical fat communities. And I'm going to try to divide. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? It's even the, the, the communities. He's not going into the world to try and deceive you. He's going into the very thing where the presence of God is in our communities. Yeah. He's going to try to deceive. Yeah. He's going to try to distract. Because on the road to the presence is where the idolatry stands. That makes sense? Yeah. And this is why we have to be people who are rooted and founded in the word of God. Yeah. So that when we recognize these things, we come back to the truth and say, no, it is written. Yes. Amen. Fill in the blank. Yeah. It is written. That I'm going to honor my brother and my sister in Christ. It is written that no malice is going to come out of my mouth towards another brother or sister because I cut him down. It is written that by the tongue, an utter of a ship can turn a 
sorry, the enemy will try to disrupt what he's doing in this place through deception and lies. But we will be people who are, who are standing and found on the Word of God. So the moment it happens, we can see it because we're in this, we can call it out, and we can speak truth over the lies. Come on. Amen. Amen. Gospel life. Amen. Up to here. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I uh, and why are we talking about all this in relation to the gift? Because I, I want to build this foundation 
last week. But, uh, so he talks about how when they planned the Trinity, the Lord was pouring out. And I just felt like, honestly, I felt it was so similar to what the Lord was doing here on Fridays and Sundays. He was describing what was happening in those early days. And it was like God's Spirit was pouring out. Crazy things were happening. God was just moving. And he said, he told me, like, my dad settled early on that he began to realize um, he was going to be too much for some and not enough for others. And I'm like, oh, I feel that. Yeah. Like, there's going to be some who are like, what's going on in this place? It's too much. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be others who are like, oh, you guys don't have enough deliverance. So this, you know, like, there's just always the, the you kind of get both sides. He's like, he had to very early on recognize, here's kind of, here's, here's what the Lord's called us to. Here's what we believe the Lord is pouring out. And no, this is, this is where we're running. And at the end of the day, some people are going to be on, on either side, right? Like, it's going to be too much or not enough. But that's okay. We want to be where the Lord is. Yes, amen. We want to be rooted in the Lord. And at the end of the day, that's rooted in Scripture. We don't want any more, we don't want any less. I say this all the time. We want more, we want you. Just pray with me, Father. God, we want you and your glory. Nothing more, nothing less. We don't want to get in front of you. We don't want to get behind you. And Father, I even pray, as we see more, Lord, I just said, ask for the gifts. You said, ask. But I just ask, Lord, as, as you begin to pour out more of your spirit, would we be so really grounded in you, God, that we're not wanting to please this person or that person. We just want you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Even with manifestations, guys, I don't even challenge some people in here. Like, uh, we've seen crazy things happen. I believe fully in the Lord. God's done a lot of things. Amen. Uh, we've seen devils run out of this place. We've seen healings. We've seen uh, baptisms of the Holy Ghost. Amazing things. Uh, you want know the crazy thing? I think as you grow in the Lord, you start to learn this. Don't ever lose the hunger for that. Come on. Don't, don't ever lose the hunger for that. But my caution is this. When you read like about Abraham, he, he got the word of the Lord in Genesis 12 to leave the land he was in and to go to a foreign land that he didn't know, being told by a God he knew nothing about. But his faith was counted because he did. And we just assume like, then the next day he got another holy, crazy encounter. Then the next day he got another one. He waited years, decades, yeah. before we had another accounting of, and I'm not saying this is the, the model, okay? But, but I think, we'll see these young people here. Oh, I told you, but. <laughs> All generations. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm this the other day. Um, you know, me and him didn't really grow up in this world of having a talking conversation. And it's so easily like entertained, right? Now we're in now, so we have to chat about it. But I realize well, we're not that old. Of us.
actually see seen in the physical what's happened with kind of how we've been brought up. Yeah. But that you see God move in a crazy way, and then immediately you know the fits. You know the fits. Yeah. You know the fits. This is not biblical. This happened on the mountain. They saw God come down yeah. in a pillar of cloud and his voice rang out. And 40 days later, they were baptized. Right? And so we need this, we have this necessity for a new manifestation. And it's like, what sustained Abraham? The word of his, even that one word of the Lord, he clings to for decades, right? And then each week, it's like we're needing some crazy new fresh outpouring. Not all about. Right. Like, hear me out. Then we see, we see God more powerfully. But I just want to challenge this. Sorry about this. But I want to challenge this. Like, Man, we get people like Abraham who weren't just going to be chasing the next manifestation, the next experience. From being on top of being here. I'm not even saying like leaving, I'm saying like being here. Maybe not even from week to week, be like, oh, well, that one was good because we felt something. This one wasn't good. You know what makes it good? It's the Lord's place. Amen. That's right? what matters. Amen. Period. Maybe we get people rooted in this, they're just living this and living to it, right? Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you go, you got something. Uh, I feel like this is a, a whole other message. Um, and definitely don't want to spend too much time. I feel like we can definitely do this. But this is something that I've, I've learned over the years as well. And, and if what we were saying about the Old Testament is like literally uh, a cloud by day, I was leaving people like, a pillar of fire by night. Can you imagine being led by a giant fire tornado? And then literally like days later, you're like worshiping a golden calf. Uh, yeah. Because they were so impatient because Moses wasn't coming down on that mountain right away. Right. And, and we laugh at that, but like I said before, we, we do that nowadays. Yeah. And the church is like, you know, we have an amazing night, we get excited. Um, and, and if our our week isn't filled with these crazy fire trail moments, then we're like, okay, uh, I gotta go here now. Uh, because I need constant excitement. And in reality, uh, we have to, to understand and be pleased and be okay with the fact that God is literally with us 24 7. Um, and there's these moments where you're behind the scenes and you're building things in quiet. And no one even knows that you're building, but you're building. Yep. And you have to be okay with that. Like they, you know, we just talked about this how he was, David was anointed to be king. Yeah, he's, he's young, he's like, what, 12? Crazy moments. Anointed to be king at a young age. Like, think about that. And what does he do? Does he go right to the palace, puts on the crown, and starts leading? No, he actually goes back to the pasture where he tends the sheep. And no one even goes back. His family didn't even invite him to the anointing service. Like, he was still, like, he was okay with it. He was still doing his job behind the scenes. But in that pasture, is where he got the answer to prepare him. He killed the bear, he killed the lion. So when it came to that moment, where his moment, where he stepped out to, to fight the life, he had experience behind the scenes with the Lord. He had confidence in the Lord, and it was built up over that time. This was years and years later. And then eventually he, and in fact, if you continue to read the story, he did go to the palace, but he was there to serve Saul, playing soothing his demons and he continues to serve even though he knew that he was anointed to be in that position he still honored Saul and he still honored the Lord yeah. and the, the mundane banks 
And so if I could, if I could preach anything to you guys, it's like you may not call to have one of these things, and that's okay. You may not be called to, to go to the nations and lead a crusade of a million people, but it's like, are, are, are we missing the moments when we can preach to our coworkers? When we can bless that random person on the street? Because I believe that's just as important to the Lord as, as preaching to a thousand people yeah. in another country. Amen. And so we, we have to be satisfied with the Lord alone. And if we're not, then it will actually show within our everyday living. Yeah. Or even what, what if your palace isn't, and we think palace isn't going to be a king. <laughs> I'm going to microphone. I'm going to lead a giant crusade. What if your palace is, I'm going to give you five kids and two foster kids. And you minister to them. And you be there. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Man, like, what if the palace is just you're interceding and serving yeah. those kids? Amen. Is that not enough for the Lord? So good. Right? Like, oh, just, we chase these, like, and what is the preparation right now? Like, young people, what is the preparation right now? Is, man, learn intimacy with the Lord. Mm. Learn how to serve the Lord. Yeah. Learn how to serve other people. Right now.
being people, and listen, like, I, I battle, we all strive to be on Sunday. It's like I battle the, uh, last week was like, you know, we really felt you, okay, God, do something this week. Like, I had a party, and I said, before, like, even, even being up here doing this, I know, like, for some people from our old house church, it's probably like, hey, we're too much of this. And then for people who are out of house church, it's probably like, hey, where's more of this? And I, I, I've settled with the Lord. I want what you want, Lord. It is what it is, but um, I feel like at times the Lord just wants us to sit in the, in the scriptures and study of His Word um, and then respond to it. And I feel like for 1 Corinthians 12, He showed us a glimpse. He and I even said last week we didn't get a chance to, but He said, I'm going to demonstrate this and then I'm going to teach you that. Yeah. And I feel like He demonstrated it last week. Um, we're teaching, I think, kind of a foundation of the Word. And I think we're going to probably do it again next week, actually getting into the specific spiritual gifts and how to do it well. But uh, it's because, you know, like in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if we do all these things but we don't have love, which really meant if you don't actually love Jesus, if you don't have a love for the Father, and then in turn a love for one another, what does it matter? And I'll let you know a little secret. Um, you can actually, oh, what did I work down here? Can you say? Giftings not operated out of humility and love can actually have the opposite effect and be detrimental to the body instead of building it up. Come on. At a minimum, they can cause disorder and confusion, and in worst case scenario, they can bring deception and a falling away. Yeah. This does not mean every time you're uncomfortable, the problem lies with the presentation of the gift. Come on. I wrote that down. Some more for next week. But meaning, um, we're going to ask the Lord to pour out. We're going to ask for the fullness of the Spirit. We're going to ask for victims. But anything done outside of Christ as the foundation, not only at a minimum, may not be done well, but it can actually lead to deception. Yes. And a falling away of people. so, let's have a foundation of the Word as we launch into them. Let's have a foundation of the cross. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there in the beginning. And in Him is life. And light. And that light separates the darkness. And it shines a light on the darkness. And as long as our foundation is that, if it's truly in that, we will see the things we see in Scripture. We will see the, the outcomes. Not be the frequency that you want, the feeling that I mean, we'll see that. Maybe not the, the exact model that you want every time. But God will move. Mark my words. God will move. And we just need to keep that aside. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Anything that for you? Um, just, I mean, we'll, we'll probably, you know, I say this more and more as we go, but just the, the difference between a gift and a gift is, um, and, and we haven't been saying this for a while, but uh, a gift is given, fruit is grown. And it's important to understand the importance, although the emphasis is, is even desire the gifts of the Spirit, biblically, is that uh, they will know us not by our gifts, but by our fruit. And proper growth of fruit will indicate how you use the gift. 
And so it's always important as that we seek the gift that our godly character and integrity is being developed um, properly so that we can utilize the gift properly. Uh, as Nick was saying, if we abuse it or we use it for the wrong reason, or we use it immaturely, it's actually the reason why people don't, they, they fall away from or they push away from the giftings. Um, and then it becomes like a, you know, charismatic thing versus a whatever thing. It's like, well, no, we want to be a biblical thing, uh, not this or that. And we want to use it properly. We want to set a, a standard, and not, not a new standard. We want to go back to this standard that we've gotten away from over the years in the church. And we want to create a foundation based off of, of this not our opinions or our excitement or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.